0: Hello and welcome to the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site and the fan-sided network. Today's episode is brought to us by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy start of a new week. The Timberwolves have one more game left to play in Las Vegas Summer League. Today, I want to talk about the weekend in Summer League. The Wolves victories on Friday and Sunday. Key takeaways overall from the weekend. Not going to break down each game individually, really. Um, and uh, although they were pretty different, the Wolves wanted a blowout on Friday and, and had a An exciting overtime win was actually a really good game on Sunday um, in their win over the Philadelphia 76ers Summer League team. So I want to talk about the weekend, the key takeaways from the weekend and also studs and duds, uh, I guess, really from the first four games of Summer League. Again, there is one more game that's Tuesday night. The Wolves did finish undefeated 4-0 in preliminary round play, but due to point differential tiebreaker. There were four undefeated teams and the Wolves were third in point differential. So they'll uh, play on on Tuesday night against uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, who are fourth in, uh, in Summer League, or the Wolves were three and four in some order, I guess, behind Sacramento and Boston, who will play for the Summer League Championship, they're still calling it, I guess, on Tuesday night. So um, anyway, I want to talk about the weekend and, and that'll basically be it. just a couple of real quick notes here off the top as well. So we'll get into all that here in just a moment. A reminder, as always, that you can follow this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. That includes Google, as well as Spotify, Apple, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at wolves and at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Okay. Uh, Quick notes, Chris Hine of the Star Tribune reports, uh, I think this was on Saturday, he reported that the Timberwolves and Jordan McLaughlin are are optimistic that they'll still reach an agreement. Of course, McLaughlin is a restricted free agent. And Hine was the one who was reporting specifically on J-Mac's contract negotiation a couple of weeks ago, shortly after free agency opened, and was saying that, that it looked good to get something done. Now it's been basically two weeks and nothing's done yet. But he says that McLaughlin's camp is still optimistic. And of course, the question is, and I've been asking this question now the entire time, Will the Wolves bring back both Jared Vanderbilt and Jordan McLaughlin, of course, both restricted free agents and the only two free agents that the Wolves have outside of Ed Davis, who I don't think he was ever coming back. But um, I mean, and also the Wolves created that cap space with the Rubio for Prince trade for two purposes that the, the ideal scenario was that they could pull off a trade although they can't aggregate Prince's salary with another player. So that made it more difficult. Then the other reason was simply to bring back their own free agents because they really like Jared McLaughlin and Jared Vanderbilt. And I've talked a lot about this. You can go back and listen to a couple of shows last week and going back to the beginning of free agency, talking about can the Wolves bring them both back? Who is more likely to come back? What roles will those guys play? I I do think the Wolves want them both back. And I think it's pretty likely they will both be back on the team. Um, So good news from Chris Hine on that front. We also heard uh, if you watch the Summer League games over the weekend, I think it was Friday's game, Gerson Rosas was interviewed during the broadcast. And then on Sunday, Chris Finch was interviewed during the broadcast. And they both had some, you know, I guess typical what you would expect them to say regarding, um, you know, Jaden McDaniels and Jalen Noel both doing what they wanted them to do in Summer League, explaining their games, showing their handles, their playmaking ability, their court vision, you know, and especially in the case of Jalen Noel, improving defensively. And Chris Finch talked about that uh, specifically as well. Um, So, more or less what we expected to hear after the the boilerplate questions from ESPN and and the talking points spouted by the Timberwolves brass, but accurate, and and it all makes sense. Um, And the Wolves, really, to this, you know, four out of five games so far played in Vegas, I think we've seen what we wanted to see, what the Timberwolves certainly wanted to see. So I want to get into both of these games here in a minute. Uh, Friday's game was, that was the blowout win over the Milwaukee Bucks. That was a 91 to 64 victory. Um, So I'll specifically talk about each game, and then I want to talk overall takeaways and, and studs and duds from the weekend. But the Wolves won this game, By 27 points, it was never really close outside of the very beginning of the game, I guess. Um, But the Timberwolves pulled away. They were up big at halftime and the Bucks got within, I guess they got within like 12 or 11 or something early in the fourth. But then the Wolves had a big run to close the game and ended up winning 91 to 64. Minnesota's defense was stifling on Friday. It was more about the defense and scoring 91 points in 40 minutes is pretty impressive too, especially with just kind of a, a weird, you know grouping of offensive players. But this was more about the defense. And this was complete effort all the way around. Everyone that played, played with urgency, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And, and that's going to be one of my key takeaways from the weekend, I guess. Uh, so spoiler on that. But we especially saw that on Friday, more so than we did on Sunday. And it was just a, a stifling performance by the Timberwolves defense. Jade McDaniels was a big part of it. Jalen Noel was solid defensively, but McKinley Wright, um, you know, the two-way guard, Isaiah Miller, the, the rookie undrafted guard as well, who's on an Exhibit 10 contract and will most likely spend the season with the Iowa Wolves of the G League. He was fantastic defensively, both on Friday and Sunday. He's always been, the entire summer league, he's been great defensively. Um, of course, he's a three-time Southern Conference Defensive Player of the Year and two-time Southern Conference Player of the Year. Uh, so that's to be expected. But he, he showed out defensively, especially on Friday. Um, and, and the Wolves offensively were overall really good. Um, on Sunday, the Timberwolves took on the 76ers who were two and one coming into that game. Minnesota, uh, was, was really good on both ends of the floor in this game, but they were mostly playing from behind. It ended up being a really close game down the stretch. Of course, the Wolves needed to win by eight or more points to make the championship game based on point differential. And they had a shot. I think they were up four late in overtime and then missed a three-pointer that would have gotten them to within seven. And then they probably would have played the foul game to try and, you know, weirdly enough, up seven in the final minute. Um, But instead, they ended up winning in overtime. Jaden McDaniels had a big buzzer beater, ripped on a rebound off a missed free throw, came down the court, hit a tough leaner from the left wing and banked in a three-pointer to send the game to overtime. And then the Wolves uh, hung on to win in the extra period. And the Timberwolves finished preliminary round play four and with a couple of close wins and a couple of blowout wins over the course of those four games and now we'll get to see them against the pelicans on tuesday night so i want to talk about the key takeaways i've really got i guess three big takeaways from the weekend and then just studs and duds from the two games combined as well um, as we always do for regular season games so we're going to get into all that here next up first before we do that though we got to talk about our new friends at Sweatblock. Hey guys, there's a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason at all, it's absolutely embarrassing. Personally, I've dealt with this a little bit and whether it's public speaking engagements, interviews, uh, you know, anything anything like that, um, it, it could be really tough. Sweat block, though, is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. Go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know this sounds too good to be true, but you literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week. It'll keep you dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking your shirt based on which one will hide sweat better. Sweat block wipes are doctor-created, doctor-recommended. They can work up for up to seven days per use. it's There's a dry shirt guarantee. The sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. This has been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters, so you know it can withstand heat. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews on Amazon, and of course, manufactured in the USA. You can wear what you want to wear. It'll be your little secret to confidence. It's a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation, a hot date, an interview, whatever it might be, you got to go with Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check it out. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. Again, sweatblock.com, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off. Sweatblock.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Let's also talk about Indeed. General managers ask questions to find the right players like, do they have ice in their veins? And we all know D'Angelo Russell, of course, has ice in his veins. Um, He's Mr. Ice in his veins. When you're hiring, though, you can use Indeed assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed. The job site that makes hiring incredibly simple, just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skills tests to help make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills you need. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 Credit at indeed.com slash locked. That's indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's talk about key takeaways from the weekend of Timberwolves' summer league games. Number one, already talked about this a little bit last segment, but overall ball pressure and defensive intensity and really defense across the board, but I want to focus in on, on the perimeter defense and the ball pressure that the Wolves are putting Um, on ball handlers throughout summer league. This is exactly, apparently, this is what Chris Finch is going to want to see during the season. And the Timberwolves don't have a ton of guys on the regular active NBA roster who do this. Ricky Rubio did it some. He struggled with early in the season because he wasn't in shape. He admitted he wasn't in shape. Um, D'Angelo Russell doesn't do it. Uh, Malik Beasley tries to do it, but he doesn't move quick enough laterally or, or dedicate himself enough to stay in front of guys. And they don't really have a single guard on the current roster that fights through ball screens. You could say Jordan McLaughlin, but he's small enough and not a good enough defender. I mean, he's, he's certainly a better defender than D'Angelo Russell or Malik Beasley, but he just isn't a top flight defender. The Wolves on the summer league roster have guys that are doing that. They're getting up on the ball, uh, they're moving their feet, they're disrupting passing lanes, they're fighting through screens, they're getting over screens, uh, which makes it so much easier. Part of the Wolves' issue in pick and roll coverage. Well, part of it was they always played drop coverage and Carl Anthony Towns, it didn't really ever click well with him, certainly with Nas Reed either until really kind of middle part of last season. And again, Towns the last two years wasn't on the floor enough for it to really, for it to really pay dividends, him, him understanding the drop coverage and really becoming comfortable in it. Cause remember he's on like four different defensive systems since he's been in the NBA at this point. Um, so part of it was the coverage, but it was also the, the lack of ball pressure, the lack of ability for guards to get through screens. If they can't do that, then it puts so much extra pressure on the big man that's dropping. And for a big man to be backpedaling into the paint, well, a lead guard is coming at them with the ability to stop and pop from the elbow um, or get past them into the paint It's or, or find an open man at that point. Because too often Towns or Reed or whoever was in the coverage would be in no man's land and and what makes any pick and roll coverage effective is the ability of guards to pressure the ball, to move their feet, to stay in front of the ball handler, um, to force them where you want them to go. And we're seeing that in summer league. Jalen Noel is even getting in on the action and he's been atrocious at the NBA level from a a one-on-one defensive standpoint. He's just been a really bad defender. He's been pretty good in Vegas. Um, Now McKinley Wright and Isaiah Miller are the two best. There's no question about that. But pretty much across the board, guys who have been guarding the ball handler in summer league have done a great job. And that includes Jalen Noel. Um, and not only that, also, the big men have been aggressive. They've pretty much always been playing, you know, not playing drop coverage anymore, but playing at the level of the screener. And, you know, the Wolves have had the personnel on the summer league team to make that effective. Guys that can move their feet, Jaden McDaniels, Nathan Knight, which is which is one of the reasons, one of the main reasons the Wolves wanted Nathan Knight on their team on a two-way contract is because he defends the pick and roll so well in a variety of coverages. If you go back and watch tape of him with the Atlanta Hawks last year, he was able to, to perform in, in really any coverage they rolled out there defensively. And he has done a great job playing at the level of the screener. Um, and, and again, at, at times they've been hard hedging. on on screens, which we have not seen the Wolves do in a long time. Um, And in theory, Carl Anthony Towns, certainly Jaden McDaniels, if he's playing the four, Nas Reed, if he's playing the five or the four, a lighter Nas Reed, you know, 40 plus pounds down, you know, after the foot injury, much lighter last year, was much better defensively moving laterally towards the end of the year uh, last season. All those guys, and of course, Nathan Knight as well, should be able to, to play at the level of the screen and be effective in an actual NBA game. Um, And we're seeing a ton of that in, in uh, summer league. So we're seeing bigs and guards play the pick and roll in a new system, a new coverage very, very well. And it's hard to understate, or I sorry, hard to overstate, I should say, how, how great it's been. Especially after watching the Wolves continuously struggle with guarding the pick and roll for it seems like forever, but I really, I guess since Tom Thibodeau left. And, the, and, and at times, by the way, the Tibbs defense wasn't as good as it should have been because of some of the lack of understanding in the concepts um, of the guys on the team or, or lack of dedication at times. Um, and also when Jimmy Butler wasn't available, the Wolves didn't have enough perimeter defenders. Um, and, and so at, at any rate, uh, it's been fen- phenomenal in summer league to, to see the wolves actually dedicate to this defensive system. So a huge credit to the coaching staff to be sure. Um, okay. Second piece of, of, uh, overall overarching takeaway. And, and we'll talk more about these guys next segment. So I won't spend a ton of time on it here, but Jalen Noel and Jade McDaniels have been up to the challenge. The, the Wolves obviously challenged Jalen Noel with playmaking and defense. They chart they challenged Jaden McDaniels with offensive aggressiveness, a little bit of playmaking, but they wanted to see him look for his own shot. Both guys have done exactly what the Timberwolves asked them to do. Jalen Noel has been much better defensively. already talked about that today, uh, but he's, he's been aggressive on the ball, um, you know, playing up on the ball instead of, instead of sitting back. Um, you know, he, he's not McKinley, right? He's not Isaiah Miller when it comes to on-ball defense, but he's been really good. And offensively, the assist numbers aren't crazy because he's also been looking for his own shot. But we saw this a little bit last year in that kind of like late January to early March, you know, six to eight weeks where Noel played really well before he got hurt. Um, this was kind of before Ryan Saunders took over and then a little bit after Chris, or excuse me, before Ryan Saunders was fired and a little bit after Chris Finch took over, Noel was was actually playmaking a little bit uh, with the team last year during the season, and they wanted to see if he could handle more of that this year. I, you know, I wouldn't. I think uh, Fran Freshilla called it on the ESPN broadcast Sunday. They wanted to have him play point guard and move him to point guard. That's not going to happen. But they want to see if he can operate offense with D'Angelo Russell playing off the ball with Jordan McLaughlin playing off the ball. Um, and the early returns say yes. I, I think he can initiate offense. He's always going to be a shoot first guy. But can he handle the ball? Can he handle pressure? Can he distribute the ball well enough to play it, to to essentially run the offense as a point guard, even if he's not playing the point guard position by name? And Jade McDaniels has been really aggressive. Uh, The scoring numbers aren't gaudy. I think he had the 120 plus point game. uh, I think just the one. But across the board, he's been really good. Um, you know, the rebounding numbers aren't crazy, but he's also been on the perimeter quite a bit. And for actually made a good point on ESPN's broadcast on Sunday that he's getting shots that he will be able to get in the wolves offense with Carl Anthony towns, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell on the floor. McDaniels is going to get corner threes. He's going to get above the break threes. He's going to get transition opportunities. He's going to get opportunities as a cutter. Um, he's going to be able to, he'll, he'll probably at some point be paired with towns, you know, he'll probably start at the four, right? So he's going to get the opportunity to be one of the bigs in the horn set and play with towns. And, um, you know, kind of in a sense, initiate from that point, from that part of the floor to give the wolves another option. He's not going to be, he he will be, you know, if, if that's the starting lineup, if it's D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels, Carl Anthony towns, he's option number four in that group. That means he has to hit open shots. He has to be a cutter. He has to be active in transition. Um, But he may end up playing some minutes with the second unit and be a focal point of the second unit. Um, And he showed the ability to pick his spots. I don't think outside of a couple of moments in maybe the first summer league game against the Spurs last Monday was the only time I remember him really ever you know, getting out over his skis a little bit in the sense where he was he was maybe hunting a little bit too much and trying to be too aggressive. There were a couple of moments of over-dribbling, I guess, over the weekend here in these two games. But for the most part, the decision-making was really solid for Jaden McDaniels and he did exactly what the Timberwolves wanted him to do. So kudos to both Jalen Noel and Jaden McDaniels for doing what the Wolves asked them to do in Vegas. The third takeaway is gonna be that McKinley Knight, or excuse me, McKinley Wright and Nathan Knight can both be rotation players at the NBA level. Um, now I'm not talking like top eight rotation playoff time. You know, these guys are in your top eight. I'm talking about regular season, top 10, 11 guys. Can you, you know, if, if, uh, Jordan McLaughlin isn't, isn't ready to play at the start of the season, if he gets hurt, if D'Angelo Russell's in foul trouble, could you put McKinley right in your backcourt and, and get a win? Um, you know, if he's playing 16 minutes a game off the bench. Yes. He's a fantastic defender. The offensive game needs work. He scored seven on Friday, seven on Sunday, I believe. And, uh, you know, the outside shot isn't there. He's got good touch in the paint. Um, but he also doesn't, he's not aggressive looking for his shot because he doesn't need to be. Um, he's a good enough passer and he's so good defensively. Um, you know, you just, he just needs to improve the outside shot enough to be a threat, right? So he's not a full-time NBA player yet. And a two-way contract is exactly where he should be, but he certainly could be a part-time backup point guard in this league and not kill you this year. Nathan Knight, I think is already pretty much there. I mean, he was rotation guy for the Hawks early last season when they had a ton of injuries and even saw some time later in the year too, uh, once they made the coaching change. Um, He certainly wasn't a regular rotation member at that point, but Nathan Knight, again, defense first. He can rebound. He's got an edge to him. He's a hard-nosed player. You can live with him as your fourth big. He's an NBA player, and he deserves to be thought of as such. Uh, And and again, I don't think he's going to get a ton of minutes this year. Again, both are two-way guys. But the Wolves could not have done much better with their two-way spots. I think that they hit home runs with both of these guys. And we'll see just how much time they get at the NBA level and, and if they can dominate in the G League and make their case for being full-time members of this roster moving forward. But I think the Wolves legit crushed their two-way selections this offseason. Okay, I want to hit individual studs and duds and kind of dive into some of the lines from the weekend here in just a moment. First, let's talk about rockauto.com. They are our title sponsor today. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership Well, Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil to even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solutions your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Let's also talk about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. I promise you that. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. What's your favorite Bilt Bar flavor? Mine, uh, it's coconut brownie chunk, which right now isn't available, but anything with coconut's great. Mint brownie, raspberries the one that I've been eating a lot of. I also just got some Rocky Roads in the mail. Uh, that's a limited time flavor that I'm not sure it's available anymore, but I'll let you know if it's fantastic. I'm expecting that it will be. There is something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box today. You'll get two of each of the nine main flavors. Most flavors have just 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carbs. Order today. Get raspberry, mint brownie, whatever flavor you like. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code lock 15 You'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code lock 15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, let's talk studs and duds from the weekend. Um, I, I mean- I guess I already kind of talked a lot about Noel and McDaniels, but it's really hard to not give those guys stud awards. I think the best player of the weekend was Jalen Noel, best all-around player. He shot 50% in each game. On Friday, he was uh, 11 of 22. um, And then on Sunday, he shot 8 of 16 from the floor. So 50% for the weekend, 50% in each game. Overall, he was seven of nineteen from three, which is which is fine. That's good. Um, he was seven of eight from the line in Sunday's game. He was uh did not get to the free throw line on Friday, which I guess would be the only if we're nitpicking here. He had twenty-six points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals on Friday, although he did have five turnovers. And then on Sunday, in the win over the Sixers, the close win, he had twenty-six points, seven rebounds, two assists. And a steal. He had seven turnovers in Sunday's game. So the turnovers are a bit of an issue. But again, the Wolves are asking him to extend himself, to expand his game, to become more of a playmaker. The assist to turnover is not what you want to see right? Uh, so you combine those two games. What did I say? He had five assists to 12 turnovers in those two games. It's not exactly Tyus Jones assist to turnover ratio, is it? Um, but the scoring was efficient, right? I mean, you can live with those numbers because he's never going to handle the ball that much. I mean, he he initiated a good chunk of the Wolves possessions in these games. But when you're playing with D'Angelo Russell and Carlton Towns, the offense is running through him and Anthony Edwards is initiating offense, Jalen Noel's not going to initiate that much, right? The fact is, we've been able to see that he's capable of doing it, and that's the biggest thing. Um, so, good weekend of games from him. Also, going to give a stud to Jaden McDaniels, of course. Uh, on Friday, he had 17 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, only two turnovers, shot seven of 12 from the field. Fantastic performance, tied for a game best best, eight, uh, plus 18 in the plus minus column. On Sunday against the Sixers, he had 15 and seven, 15 points, seven rebounds, two assists, and a steal and a block. Five of thirteen shooting, so fine. Four of four from the free throw line. Made one of four three point attempts, and of course, his one make was the uh, was the buzzer or the I guess two point seven seconds left when the ball went through the net to send the game to overtime. It was a tough leaner from the left wing, banked it in, um, and then after the game in the in the post game interview, Jalen Noel said uh, with ESPN, he said that. Uh, he sees McDaniels practice that shot every single day. I don't know exactly what that means. If he means a pull up from the left wing, a heave like that, where he falls, you know, forward after he shoots it or, or what exactly that means. But I mean, he made the shot. It was great. And, uh, again, J-Mac was, was fantastic, um, throughout the weekend and throughout the first four games of summer league. Um, so really good to, to see him perform to what the wolves were expecting. Also for the weekend, Isaiah Miller has to get a stud. He had another massive dunk. Um, I think this was Friday when he had the big dunk. Of course, he had the one early last week. So he's had two legit posters um, over the course of of Summer League. And on Friday, he had six points, three of seven shooting, three assists, two rebounds, zero turnovers on Friday. On Sunday, Azeal Miller had seven points, nine rebounds, three assists, two steals, only two turnovers in 19 minutes, three of nine shooting. So exactly what you'd expect. Below average shooting, a couple of big dunks great rebounding. I talked about this when they signed him to an Exhibit 10 contract a couple of weeks ago, shortly after the draft. I would not be surprised if he found his way to an NBA roster this offseason. Um, and it's going to be sad when he gets plucked off the Iowa Wolves. You know, The Exhibit 10, basically, it's an it's an incentive for him to stay with the Iowa Wolves. He'll get a signing bonus for staying with the team. But at some point during the season, if an NBA team comes calling, obviously he's going to leave, although the Wolves would have the option to pull him up um, to Minnesota. But you know, if they bring back Jordan McLaughlin, they've got McKinley right on a on a two way. It's pretty unlikely, but he's been great. He was a plus plus rebounder for his position for a six footer in college. He continued to show the rebounding chops, the nose for the ball, the verticality that he has, um, the 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 ability that he has to just go up and get the ball, um, block shots. He blocked a three pointer towards the end of the game on Sunday. Um, I think it was it was a pretty big point in the game when when the Sixers were trying to get back in it, and just tons of energy plays hard, gets up in your grill on the perimeter. Uh, you know, ball, the on ball defense is fantastic and active. Uh, he can play bully ball in the paint a little bit. He can, he can get his shot up. Um, he's not a jump shooter and he's going to have, tr- have trouble with bigger guys in the paint, but he's got the physicality and the want to, and also the ability to, I mean, literally to just jump over guys that he's gonna have a shot to stick with an NBA team. But he was fantastic over the weekend. Um so those would be the top three for me. Nathan Knight was good again after having a couple of quiet games. Like on Friday he only had seven and six or excuse me, seven point seven seven points six assists, four rebounds, only shot three of eight. But on Sunday, he had 19 points, four rebounds, four assists, shot seven of 13. Um, You know, his best game was the first one against the Spurs uh, a week ago, but he was good over the weekend as well. Brian Bowen also came around um, after doing basically nothing in the first two games. Bowen was a two-way player with the Pacers last year and uh, was a big-time big high school recruit um, that ended up playing overseas, but he had 14 points, five rebounds in Sunday's game and had a a nice dunk, hit a a three-pointer. So it was good to see him perform... Uh, capably as well. One, I just want to point out another guy that I mentioned before summer league is someone I wanted to keep an eye on is Jared Brownridge. He was quiet on Sunday, went scoreless, but in Friday's game, he came in and hit four consecutive threes. He was four of four shooting. All four of his makes were three pointers. All four of his attempts were three pointers, 12 points, two rebounds, an assist and a steal, no turnovers, no fouls in 12 and a half minutes. Um, Jared Brownridge can score the ball. Look at his G League numbers. He's been he's been a scorer. He's just undersized. He's got a good wingspan. He's not a very good defender. Um, he's not going to be on the Timberwolves roster this year. But he's a guy, if he can stick with the Iowa Wolves, you're going to see a lot of points and a lot of three-pointers made. Um, He's just a little bit of an undersized shooting guard is kind of the thing with him, but uh, can score the basketball. And the Wolves need shooters. So that's maybe a name to keep in mind, uh, depending on how the rest of the offseason and the first part of the season shakes out. And also to possibly keep an eye out for on the Iowa Wolves as well. Okay. Uh, That's it for Summer League, except for Tuesday night's game. So I guess uh, we're actually back to three episodes a week for the time being for this very brief NBA off season. So we'll have a show on Wednesday and I want to talk about Tuesday night's Summer League finale, Wolves-Pelicans on Wednesday's show and any other news or notes that crop up between now and then. Um, So be sure if you're not already following or subscribed to the podcast that you do that. Um, Of course, you can do that anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Google, um, and of course, the new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked wolves and at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. All right, a reminder that today's episode is brought to us by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. A reminder that Locked On Wolves is, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. That's all we have for you today. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Quick reminder on the Locked On Today podcast, you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes at the Locked On Today show. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.